I've talked before about how the resurrection was so unexpected and surprising to those first disciples. In this episode, I share a little bit about what they might have expected after Jesus' death and what that has to say for us today. Hello friends, it is good to be with you as always. Thank you for taking a little time to be with me today. Uh, Today's episode is being aired on the Wednesday after the third Sunday of Easter, so we are still squarely in the Easter season, and I want to continue to explore what that means. And I actually want to start by picking up the gospel reading from this past Sunday, uh, which comes from the 24th chapter of Luke. So let me just, it's not long, let me just remind you of what that gospel was. This is one of the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. Um, And Luke writes, Jesus himself stood among them, his disciples, and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And then it says this, While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, very simply, by the way, and at a basic level of human need, he said, Have you anything here to eat? Uh, They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Now, in that passage, there are words like startled, um, terrified, and this beautiful phrase about why do doubts arise in your hearts, and why in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering. So as we've talked about before, um, that first Easter event and the post-resurrection appearances were not what the disciples were expecting. I don't think we can overstate that enough. And today I want to very briefly say um, what might they have been expecting, right? What were the Jewish assumptions about what happened after we died? And I'm, uh, I've certainly heard this before, but I'm, I'm grateful to someone I've mentioned before here, uh, Bishop Robert Barron, who preached about this in a recent sermon and reminded me of these, uh, I'm going to lift up four ways that the uh, ancient Jewish people would have thought about what happens after a death. And they were very simply these. The first was that once you die, you remain dead. You you return to dust. Uh, The second is that you go to a place that in biblical, the Old Testament is called Sheol, which is sort of this shadowy underworld. Um, You sort of have an existence, but it's more of a ghostly existence, which is why perhaps the disciples were saying, oh my gosh, we're seeing a ghost here. So that's number two, is this going to a place called Sheol. Um, The third is one that maybe modern-day Christians uh, confuse with Christianity, uh, which has more to do with Greek, uh, ancient Greek philosophy, and that would be that when we die, our soul, which is good, uh, leaves and escapes our body, which is bad, right? Uh, And then the fourth, which maybe is the closest to the Christian view, but still different in important ways, would have been a view that was held, for example, by the Pharisees of the time, which is at the end of all time, um, those who are righteous will be given life back, will be um, returned to life in the general resurrection. But none of those four things is what 
the disciples are experiencing with this interaction with Jesus. He's clearly not still dead. He's clearly not a ghost. He's clearly not a soul that's disembodied. And the important point related to that fourth one is that um, the resurrection seems, which some Jews believed would happen at the end of time, seems to have become part of actual real history with the resurrection of Jesus, which Paul talks about as the first fruits then of the resurrection. So that event and the fact that he's showing them his hands and his feet, that he's asking for something to eat, again, I've talked about this before, it explodes the disciples' own conceptions about what the possibilities of this event were. It is completely unexpected, it is completely shocking, and it is not their invention, it's not their idea, they are not driving the bus. Who's driving the bus? God, with something, again, new and unexpected. And I want to just lift up a couple of places that maybe remind us of, as Christians today, perhaps we need to, in some ways, part of the Easter message might be that we need to let go of our own desires to control existence, to control the future, to control our own lives, and hand those over to God who knows what is best for us and has plans for us that are bigger and better and more expansive than anything we can ever dream. One of those examples is the Lord's Prayer, where every week we pray what? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Not my kingdom, not my will, but God, your kingdom your will. Now we pray that and I, I, I speak maybe for all of us that even when we say the words, maybe we aren't really interested in giving over control, but that's what the prayer is inviting us to do. To say to God, okay, God, you're in control here, you take over and let help me to let go of my need to control. So that's one place. And the other place is less well known, but it's still a beautiful reminder And I'll end with this. This is uh, back in the Old Testament. It's the 43rd chapter of Isaiah. And uh, here, uh, God is speaking to his people through Isaiah, talking about how God will be with them through difficult, challenging times. And we certainly can relate to difficult and challenging times right now. He talks about it in the metaphor of going through fire and water. And the important thing here I want to point out is that the pronoun again and again is not me or us. It's not... I'm in control, I'm in charge, I'm going to figure this out. The pronoun is God, or I, speaking for God. I will be with you, for example. So here's this short passage from Isaiah, which I will conclude with. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. Why? For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And then the final line, do not fear, for I am with you. I pray that this Easter we may be reminded that God continues to be with us. God walks with us. God says to us, peace be with you. God says to us, do not fear. In letting go of our own dreams, I pray we can receive that message not only for ourselves, but so that maybe in some small way we can bring that same peace to the world around us.
Thanks for being with me. Stay in touch, and God bless. Mm-hmm.